Welcome to episode 18 of More Than Just Maps. I'm your host, Ollie Powers. This podcast was created with the intent to help anyone in the GIS field get from where they are now to where they want to be, be that your first job, a career move, or just improving your GIS game overall. On today's episode, I conclude my interview with Lieutenant Ronald Vaughn. We talk about how he took the reins and made sure he had all the tools and help he needed to succeed in this new phase of his career in GIS. After being nominated to the SCOG Board of Directors, he met as many GIS professionals as he could and continues to do so. We also chat about some of the projects that Lieutenant Vaughn has helped Dallas Fire Rescue with and how this directly impacts the department's ability to respond to calls. And we're back for part two with Lieutenant Ronald Vaughn of City of Dallas Fire Rescue. Uh, Welcome back, Ron. Thank you. So last episode, you had briefly mentioned uh, SCOG before we kind of dove deeper into your, into your background with GIS. Let's, let's talk about uh, what SCOG is and how you got involved with that. Okay, SCOG is the South Central Art User Group, and it's made up of GIS professionals from here in the state of Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And so basically what we do, we get together and we have a group just like you wrestle where GIS people can get together, we can talk, meet up, and if someone has a question or a concern or have a problem, they have a network of people that they can go to to get some help. Uh, SCOG was a really, really big deal for me, you know, as, you, as I stated earlier, mm-hmm. coming out of the field from being a firefighter to not even knowing nothing about computers, not even want to have anything to do with computers. And so after I went to that first SCAR conference, I, I realized there were a network of people that were, that were willing to help. Nobody knows all of the answers. And so it was great for me to be able to pick up a phone or email somebody who was working on, maybe not exactly what I'm working on, but was similar to what I was doing or knew how to give me the answers that I was looking for. And in the eyes of my department, it made me seem like I was a brilliant guy that I've been doing, <laughs> working with computers my whole life. They didn't know that I didn't know anything about computers. I just had a network of people who knew a whole lot more than me. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, as, as firefighters, we tend to want to figure everything out for ourselves. And we're not humbled enough to, to go and ask for help. The one thing GIS did for me, it broke me down to, for me to be able to say, look, this is way above your knowledge, so go find somebody that can help you. And, and that's what I've been doing ever since I've been in GIS. I, it's like every week or every other week, I'm calling somebody to ask them for some help. But the most rewarding thing now is I have people that are calling me for help, and that, and that makes me feel so good. Yeah, you've, you've finally gotten enough uh, under your belt that you can you start giving that back. Right. Um, so you're actually the North Texas rep for SCOG. Um, so how did you get roped into that one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, as I was stating earlier, I went to the first SCOG conference in Corpus, and it had just opened my eyes up to what all that we can do with GIS. And apparently, as I stated, I, I talked to so many people and asked so many people and shared my experiences with so many people that about – Three, four years ago, I got nominated for the position. And so when I got the email and saw that I was nominated, I'm like, well, who nominated me? So that was just a well, shock. Like, you didn't ask. Like, you just got this email and your name was on the list and you were like, was okay. On the list. Right. Even to the day, I, 
even to the day, I don't know how I got nominated. <laughs> and so uh, when, when the president called me, Charles Brady, and asked me to accept a nomination, and I said, well, Charles, I said, I, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and so he said, why? Why do you think you can't do it? I said, well, because I don't know a lot about computers. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> so he said, well, look, everybody's still learning. Uh, nobody knows all the answers. Uh, but I think you'll be a good fit if you want it. You know, it, it'll mean a lot to me if you if you went on and accepted a nomination. But if not, I'd understand. I said, okay, well, I, I'll accept it. And I didn't think I was going to get voted in, to be honest with you. And so when I got voted in. Were you up against started, anybody? Yeah, I did. I ran against some. Okay. And I thought that person was going to win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I did run against somebody, and I won. Okay. And, uh, so when I got there, I said, you know, I'm the type of person, and, and this is me, and no matter what I do in life, no matter what I do, I'm going to go 100% on whatever I do. Um, because it's easy to sit back and point and say, that should have been done, that could have been done better. But we're all in this together. You know, and I was always taught that many hands make light work, and iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do something that's never been done in this organization before. I'm going to go around and meet as many people as I can that do GIS because not everybody can make it to a ERISA event or a SCOG event. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go meet as many people as I can. And that was the whole purpose of when I started doing user group meetings going around. It was for me personally, and I'm, I'm being a little selfish, for me to meet as many people that I could that's out there. Because I want to learn from as many people as I can come in contact with. I mean, even if it's a wino on the street, you know, I'm going to learn <laughs> something from that wino. Maybe it's not to drink the kind of wine he's drinking, or maybe not to drink at all. <laughs> but I'm going to try to learn from everybody I come in contact with. And that was the whole purpose of me doing the, the user group meetings like I did. I wanted to get out and, and learn and see what everybody else is doing. And what I found out doing this, like going around in different locations, there are a lot of creative and sharp individuals that are doing GIS. And I, there's a list of people that I've met and I'm so impressed with what they've done. It's, it, it, man, it, it's, it's incredible. And um, so how many, so on that vein, um, so how many uh, user group meetings have you, have you been able to go to then? Do you know the number off the top of your head? Yes, see, I was doing one pretty much every month. So I think we've probably done maybe nine okay. that we've done. All right. And that's all over North Texas. All over what, North Texas. What SCOG considers to be North Texas. Right. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've done about nine or ten. Okay. So you've, you've met quite a few people um, in those meetings then. And they're all from di different they all do GIS, but they're all different industries. Um, so are you noticing when you're meeting these people and you're watching the presentations and you're having the conversations um, that there's always some sort of, um, not maybe familiarity, but similarity of what people are doing, even though they're, they could be like, one could be for oil gas, another could be for city government, another could be for an engineering project. Um, are you seeing that like there's that commonality in it within everybody? I am. Okay. That amounts that two ways. I do see the commonality because I can look at what somebody in oil and gas and see what they're doing. 
and I can just look at, okay, how can I use what they're doing and use it in my field in the fire service? But I'm also seeing a lot of people that say that are in oil and gas, but they're able to use their imagination and do something totally different, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's, there's, let's just say if there's 10 people that are in oil and gas, I'm just using it as an example. I'll see, I'll see 10 things that are, the, I'll see 10 things that are the same that everybody is doing. But then when you go deeper into what they're doing, there's going to be a variance there. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I see on the surface what they're doing. I'm more interested in what they're doing on the, at the next level. And that's where I see the variation comes in. And, and that's where I appreciate the skill and the talent level of those individuals that are doing GIS. Because they can just take the same thing and do it a bunch of different ways. And look, and if one way doesn't work for you, you could try the next way kind of thing, right? It, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there are some, I have met some talented individuals doing this. It's, it's too many in the name. It, it, it's too many in the name. And, and I'm impressed with everything that they do. And I try to take what I pick up from them and I try to use it in what we're doing here in Dallas with the fire department here. Some of it I can duplicate it, but some I can't. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's the challenge of it. Yeah. So speaking of what you're doing in Dallas, um, so there's two projects I know of that you've, that you've worked on. Uh, one is, is marking the trail systems. Um, and the other is, is mapping Lake Ray Hubbard, which the city of Dallas owns. Not every city has, has water property. Um, so, um, and, and Dallas has quite the lengthy trail system. Right. So do you want to talk about those two projects and just like how you've gotten those off the ground and running and, and how it's helping and, and how that's helped you understand the industry a little bit or two? Okay. Well, the, the trail system was actually, was actually being done when I got into GIS. And basically what that is, if you go to any trail in the city of Dallas, any park, and you see a trail and you'll see a sign that has, like one may say, LPR 100. Okay. That means that it has a name on that trail. And then that number, that's, that post number, which is 100, has an XY coordinate to it. So if you were out on the trail and you sprained your ankle and you say, hey, I'm at LPR 100. So when you call dispatch and you tell them that, they'll type in LPR 100 and then to give them a physical address to that sign. So what we do, we go out with parks uh, every Friday and we'll pick a trail that hasn't been marked and every eighth of a mile we'll put that trail marker down. And we'll give it an address, but we'll also have routing instructions for the men and women that are responding to that location so they know how to get there faster. So when they come out of the station and they get to the location, it's okay, get on a trail, walk half mile, and you'll see it on your right. So it, it, some sim, very some basic is that. And then we'll have if there's a gate that they have to go through, we'll give them the combination to that gate. And also we'll tell them, hey, it, can't drive this piece of equipment on the trail. You won't be able to get to it. So we give them everything they need to, uh, to deal with that call. Well, it's, it's the address, the location, caution, you know, what could be there. Like I, we're doing one now that's Cypress Waters, and they have part of their trail is going through an area that has a lot of rattlesnakes in it. 
So we put that in there as rattlesnakes, and then we'll tell them what type of equipment they're going to need to use to get to that to get to that patient. So all of that's on this usually like a half a page to a page of information. Okay. And again, that goes back to when I was telling another gentleman, I got to read all this stuff before we get there. But we'll have that information. So in theory, you can jump on any trail in the city of Dallas. We're up to about 220-some miles of trails, and we're supposed to eventually get up to about 300, a little over 300. That's a lot And so you can get on any trail in Dallas and walk the whole city. Which is amazing, especially since Dallas is not exactly the – the most friendliest of walking areas, but um, I say that, but you have like such an extensive trail system that it does make it possible. Um, oh, and and, and the, 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 the cool thing about it, we'll go to a trail that may not have been marked and we're marking it that day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm shocked at the number of people that are actually using them. Yeah. And all the trail markers and all the trails look the same, no matter what part of, town you live in, they all look, look the same. They look similar. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much they're being used. And another thing that I do that once we get the signs out, I'll, I kind of take it upon myself. I'll go some evenings just to see how the lighting is there. Yeah. And then we'll make a request to have some lights installed out there. So that's just kind of something I do just kind of on my own. Or <laughs> just just that because work. that's the first. I want everybody to be safe. Yeah. Um, and, and you're able to do that with your background as a firefighter and, and now the new knowledge you've gained by, by dipping your toes into GIS. Um, you're able to merge that in a way that's, that's benefiting a lot of people. Well, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that's true. <laughs> that <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, so, and then you've, you've gone out and you've actually mapped uh, Lake Ray Hubbard. Um, not only the lake, but you've mapped the hazards in the lake. Um, so okay. how was that process? Okay, now that was kind of interesting way that came along. Um, we went and we did the State Fair of Texas. We, we did the State Fair. We made this app for all our respondents at the State Fair. They had all the ticket booths. Because uh, every year we would do a map for the fair. I'm like, you know what, I worked out at the fair before. Mm-hmm. And we had a hard time finding people. So we went out. Uh, me and Neil Brown, he, he, he does, he's our GIS analyst. He works there with me. We went out and we spent two weeks out at the fair building this app with Collector okay. um, where every ride, every vendor booth, ticket counter, everything out at the fair, we, we put all that in, in an app form. Well, a couple of years later, I was called by one of our responders. He works at Station 39, which is – the station that's responsible that's responsible for Lake Ray Hubble. Okay. And he said, well, hey, Lou, here's the deal. We got practically a whole new station over here. Uh, now, this young, now, this gentleman, he had been at the station for years, for about 10 years. And so he knows the lake. He, he okay. grew up you know, around the lake. He, he knows the lake. He so when you're saying new station, uh, you mean like turnover, the, the people who were stationed at the station? Exactly. We had okay. people retire and, and get tra- transferred out and promoted out. So he said pretty much only three people on three shifts. We have three shifts, A, B, C, or Alpha, Bravo, Charlie. Mm-hmm. We have three shifts. And at that station, there's 10 people on each shift that, that are assigned there at one time. 
So I, I think they have about 12 that are signed up. You have 10 there each day. So you had about 30-plus people at that station, but only three knew anything about that lake. Yeah. And so he said, I was wondering if you could make me a map, make us a map, because we got an old map that you all have done, but they got some new stuff out there. And we got some things that we want to have mapped because we've made calls out there in the past. And so we want to have a map to where we can hang it up and we can talk about it and do training. And I said, well, hey, you know what? I can do that, but I can do something else for you. And he said, what is that? I said, if you look, if you looked at the State Fair app that we got, he said, yeah, I saw that. I said, would you like to have one of those out at the lake? Oh, you can do it? I'm like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so funny when when you tell somebody what you can do and they get really excited about it. Oh, he was excited. So what was so funny is, so while we're out there, but before we get there, I told him, I said, hey, man, look, this is your map. This is your app. We're building this out of your mind. You just tell me what you want. And he said, okay, for real? I said, yeah. So we get out there and, well, I don't know if I should map that. You, you want it? Well, can I have it? Yeah, you can have it. For real? Yeah. So it, 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 was, it was like that for two days. So yeah. the first day, we actually went around the, the – I didn't, I didn't realize that the lake touched four counties. Yeah. Well, I went out – I, I had no idea. It, I've been living in Dallas my whole life, and I didn't know it touched four counties. And so he was explaining that to me. And, and I, I used to be on our boat rescue team, but, the, but I was on response for White Rock Lake. I never – Okay. I went to Rehub maybe twice just to – assist them but they're always out there mm-hmm. and so we did that the first day and it took us about six hours to drive around that lake and, and map and plot certain things and and what was so unique about that every place we went he had a story for every place that we went to of calls they made there and, and I didn't I didn't realize that he had been there that long until he started telling me all of this and then the second day we actually went out on the water and we was out there about three hours Okay. Out on the boat. And and that was that was very, very fun doing that one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just driving around. And that lake's fun to go out on. Um especially in Texas where you don't really think of it as like a place where there's a whole lot of lakes. Um and we're really lucky to have that lake nearby here. So I, I, you know what? I'm gonna tell you something else and I, I know everybody listening probably didn't know this. There's a there's a bunch of tires dumped into that lake. And I don't know how long those tires have been there. So we had the little sonar, and we went over where all the tires were at. Yeah. I didn't know that those tires he – said, he said those tires have been there probably 100 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, <laughs> there was a section of the lake that had a lot of tires in it. That was, that was pretty unique. So I said, do we need to mark that? No, we're not going to mark that. I said, okay. <laughs> All right. So kind of to, to wrap us up here, um, what advice do you have for people, um, especially uh, because you came from, you went from kind of one industry to another, um, even though you've merged them, but what advice can you give to people when they're getting into GIS for the first time and they've been in something else for their entire career and now they're touching GIS? What's some, some snippets of wisdom you can give to them? Don't be afraid to just reach out and, and talk to people. Because there's so many people that I stated earlier has such a wide vast of knowledge in GIS. You know, join a professional organization and network and meet as many people as you can. 
that is your biggest resource is people. You know, we can have all of the software and the latest gadgets and the high-speed computer and the fast internet speed, but if you don't know what you're doing or don't have a network of people that you can contact and call to get information or to get help with, then all that high-speed computer technology stuff you have, it, it's not going to be worth anything. That's my opinion. <laughs> That's a good opinion, and it's very true. <laughs> Anything else? Just like getting into into details there for where to go look for things, or oh yeah, uh, if you go to <laughs> if you go to okay, well of course you are, you're all familiar with Urissa because it's a Urissa podcast, and I love Urissa. I'm also a member of Urissa, <laughs> and for those of you who think Urissa and Scog are actually in competition with people. Uh, we're not. Nope, we're all I'm a one big happy well, so. <laughs> we're, all, we're all working together. And Ollie just said that she's a, a member of SCOG. You can go to SCOG.com or SCOG.org. We got all of that. SCOG.net, we got all of that covered. We have information on SCOG. We, we have a lot of training and we have user group meetings. We, we've been doing some virtually, but eventually we'll be able to get back out there and just just keep looking at the, the SCOG website and the ERISA website. We're planning a scavenger hunt in March. So we'd like to have as many people as possible, as long as we maintain social distancing, to be a part of that scavenger hunt. Well, thank you, Ron. This was amazing. I'm really glad I was able to get you on here. Um, I hear you talk, we go to conferences and stuff about how you got into GIS, and then I really thought this needed to be out there for people. Um, just because it's it's such a good story of how you didn't even know what GIS was and you kind of like commanded to go do it um, <laughs> and, and, you, and you owned it and you just, you learned everything you could and you just went with it. And now you're doing some really cool things for, for Dallas Fire Rescue, which is really important. So um, thank you so much for being my guest today. Well, well thank you for inviting me. And uh, I look forward to meeting everybody that's out here listening to this podcast and learning from you as well. And hopefully you can learn some things from me. Thanks, Ron. Thank you.